0: time for a cardinal cut in highlights and information about the annandale cardinal football team i'm jeremy wheeler and here we are it's time for another cardinal cut in jeremy wheeler here again krwc radio i'm sitting down with annandale head coach matt walter it's hard to believe, but we are coming into week number eight, Coach. Uh, last week, you got a, a great win at home against Delano. This week, you went down to Glencoe. You pitched the shutout. I heard a rumor that this is the first time in your career, and maybe even Koval's career, that you've shut out the Panthers. How did that feel to go down to Glencoe and get that, to put have them put that goose egg up on the board?
1: <laughs> you know, it felt great just to get a win at going down to Glencoe. That doesn't happen very often either. But, yeah, I mean, I, I've been around for 21 years here, and, Either as head assistant coach, you know, Cobalt's been around for 34 years, and that's the first time playing Glencoe that, that we've shut them out. I think we've only beat them three times in those years, too. Um, they've been a juggernaut for us for years and years and years. So it, it was great just to go down there. The kids play really well. Our defense is really playing well right now and just dictating the game and controlling the game. And uh, I think we gave up the second drive of the game. We gave up maybe 70 yards against them, and Glencoe ended up with 98 yards for the game a of total offense. Our defense pretty much dominated the game, and whenever you can do that, to Glencoe, I don't care if it's a great year for them or a down year for them, that's still quite an accomplishment.
0: Definitely, I mean they, they came out your your first drive, you you marched down the field and ended up uh, turning it over on downs down on the goal line, kind of a, a questionable fourth and fourth and one. I, I've heard rumors that Peyton thought that he got the ball over, but the refs called it the other way, and Glencoe marched back and. The uh, defense held strong with them, and, and most of their drives, I feel like, they, they went backwards. Uh, on your side on offense, it seemed like the running game was got on track more against the Panthers than they had the last couple of weeks. Was that kind of the plan going in, that you wanted to run and get a little healthy on in the running game?
1: You know, it was. Our, our running game has really been struggling the last three weeks. Uh, we came in with a concerted effort this week to improve our running game. We put a few different formations in help us run the ball a little better. Some things that we did early in the year, we kind of got away from. Um, our personnel changed. The players have improved. We've had a lot of players that worked hard as, as the years got along. They've gotten better. We've become a little bit more physical up front. And they may not be our best pass blockers, but we put in some just straight running formations and allowed some kids to get on the field who run block pretty well for us. And our kids did a great job. We ran for 277 yards on Friday. Metal Payton did 193 himself running. Rather than Jelski, he had nine carries for 80 yards. Our line just moved them. We did a really, really good job running the ball. I think we only threw for 66 yards or something like that, which is a rarity for us. But we came in wanting to run the ball. We thought we could run the ball against them, and uh, and obviously we did. So, I mean, we were really happy with our kids for that. But as far as the first drive, the fourth down, quarterback sneak at the goal line, I don't know how he wasn't in. The end. A little frustrating um, that, that we didn't get the call on that when all, all 11 players had their arms up, seen him across the goal line. But it is what it is um you know um it just didn't happen and our defense you know gave up some yards after that but the next play we got the ball back peyton went 72 yards for a touchdown untouched i think he got the, the ball rolling a little bit after that
0: yeah, it was kind of kind of the statement those of us sitting up in the stands watching you know glenco it was kind of a you know the drive started at the one and they marched down the field and you ended up turning them over on downs and then yeah just one play and and peyton was gone down the field it was it was kind of that back breaking play already in the in the second quarter. Nobody threw a pass in the first quarter, as you said. In fact, Lenko only completed one pass during the entire game. So that definitely helped in the, the defense you talked about though. Peyton of course had a great night running the ball he had the, the big carry of 72 yards for the touchdown, had another three yard run for the touchdown. And Riley Najelski's I want to say it was about a 27 yard touchdown he got loose on as well. So it was nice to see that. Now I've talked to both Peyton Phoby and to Riley Najelsky as my offensive players of the game, so we had to look at a different way, and I decided that for our offensive player of the game, we wanted to look at your junior place kicker, Lauren Meininger. She was 3-3 three three on point <laughs> afters on Friday. She's been fantastic all season. Short of just a couple block kicks, she's been just about perfect. How valuable has she been for you on offense this year?
1: Um, she's been unbelievable for us. We, we love her. She's great. I mean, came out last year. I was a little bit nervous last year, and it was funny because she made one on uh, on Friday, and I said, Lauren, kick it. I mean, it barely made it over the right upright. She has a great leg fantastic mm-hmm. leg I'm like Lauren just drill it I said you can show off a little bit and kick it 30 40 yards past the upright that's okay she goes I'm just really nervous then I started laughing I go Lauren you know this is second fiddle to you right now mm-hmm. I said you know you've been doing this for two years she's been unbelievable I think she has two or three misses on the year and all three of them I believe were blocks it had nothing to do with her mm-hmm. um, she, she's confident we have a lot of trust her. our players love her um, you know they know that, that she's not going to miss we're actually not going to have her this Wednesday against Holy Family we have a, a, a New York trip going on, uh, and she's going to New York on the trip.
0: Oh. And
1: we're really concerned about that. I mean, Holy Family has a great kicker. This could be a 21-20 game. And, you know, it's one of those types of things that, you know, I don't think you're going to appreciate appreciate her as much until you know she's gone. I mean, mm-hmm. we counted her to make every one of them. So it will be another challenge we have to overcome on Wednesday. But um, she'll be back in time for the playoffs. And, I mean, our kids have a lot of confidence in her ability. She's really good.
0: She is. And you talked about that defense, and it seems like I mentioned in my pregame last week that when anybody talks about Annandale football this year, it centers around the defense. And really, you think about Glencoe, the big physical front, they're a pounding running team. And you know, again, you shut them out on the scoreboard. You said you held them to 98 yards, a of total offense. What goes into the plan on defense to, to make that happen against a Glencoe?
1: Well, I think, first of all, we have size up front, and that's something we haven't had the luxury of for, you know, the last few years, even go back 15 years. We've never been, you know, just the makeup of our kids typically isn't very big. We have some size up front. We're actually bigger on the D-line than the O-line. Uh, we're long up front. you got Logan Purcell at 6'6", you know, Lucas six 6'2", Kessler Kinney. You know, these guys are 230 pounds, you know, 240 pounds. And we have nine guys that we can play. We can put 270-pound kids in. We can put 175-pound kids in. We can put 210-pound kids in. We have a lot of flexibility. You know, like you said, part of our game plan is which D linemen are going to play that game. You know, are we going to go a smaller, quicker crew? Or are we going to go a longer crew? Are we going to go a bigger crew, a more athletic crew? So we have a lot of flexibility. Um, we started the year playing a 3-5. We pretty much switched to a, uh, a 4-4 now in our defense just because we want more D linemen on the field. We think our D linemen is the strength of our defense. And by them doing such a good job taking on block lineback- our blockers, our linebackers have thrived. Jordan Pickett had 14 tackles on Friday. Hansi had eight or nine tackles again. Colby Passion and Nick Mole had four or five tackles each. These guys are getting protected. Our line's not getting blown back. I mean, it's it's been just a really good mix, and the kids are working. It's competitive every day. We've got nine guys that can play on the D line. These guys compete every single day against each other for playing time. If they have a bad practice, they may not play on Friday. So it's just been good all around for our defense. It's kind of the heart of our defense right
0: now. Yes, You mentioned earlier uh, your sophomore defensive end, Logan Purcell. He actually made it as our defensive player of the week after talking to a couple of your coaches. He finished with a couple of sacks. Uh, the defensive line, he especially seemed to be in the backfield all night causing problems for for Glencoe, he's just one of the sophomores that's out there for you playing. You mentioned Kessler Kenning. He was a former defensive player of the week, also a sophomore. Drew Conte, another sophomore, has been playing out there. You've got some sophomores and some younger kids rolling through. Uh, talk about maybe Logan's progression on the defensive line and some of your sophomores that are out there making a difference for you.
1: You know, it's funny. We typically don't want to play sophomores. I mean, our kind of motto is, you you know, sophomores lose games and make mental mistakes. Um you know, they take plays off and things like that. We came in the year not thinking a lot of sophomores would play, maybe one or two sophomores, but um, they just have really improved. Their effort's been ph- uh, phenomenal. They're really coachable. You know, and I think Logan's the first one. We had, we brought Logan up last year to play some JV quarterback for us. Not that he was the best quarterback at the time, but just physically he was mature at the time. We had a couple other so- uh, freshman quarterbacks that we didn't, you know, think were physically mature enough. We didn't want to get hit on the JV level. Logan was. It's just carried over. Logan's about 200, 210 pounds. He's strong. He's mean. He has a great edge to him when he plays. And his size and his ability to use his hands, he is so good at keeping blockers off of him and keeping a free arm. I mean, it's almost like two players out there with his length. And then Kessler Kinney, you know, and Drew Conte are just big, strong kids. They're both about 200. I think Drew's about 250 and Kessler's about 230 you know, kids who love to lift weights, and they're strong, and they're powerful, and they run really well. I mean, they were surprised at us. We thought they'd maybe spot play for us this year, but um, they, they've been really, really good. And they play to the motor. They have a lot of passion for the game of football. They play really well. Uh, Isaac Hagstrom, you know, came in and is a starting offensive offensive lineman for now as a sophomore. We never want a sophomore on the offensive line. A little more athletic than some of the other kids that we have. And we, we felt like we need to be a little more athletic with, with athletic with our tackle pulling and moving and he's filled that need for us. Brother Nichelski at running back for us. Um, has done really, really well in certain games and I think he's getting better. He's getting more and more confidence. Had a great week of practice last week. Got more carriers because of it. And I think it showed on Friday night how well he can play. So it's been a lot of surprises and it's been great. It's been fun to see their progression.
0: And it's, I mentioned talking with Mitchell Sullivan, last week's defensive player of the game. He's a, a junior, and it you see a lot of these teams coming through that you know they're they're very senior-laden, and it's, you know, how are we going to replace these guys moving forward? And it's kind of, you've got such depth there, it makes you more dangerous. You talk about the, the rotation that you have on the defensive line, and the, you know, if Riley goes down, you can go back to a, a Jordan Picka or a Luke Michael or some of the other guys that have carried the ball for you as well. So it really kind of probably gives you a little bit more of an edge as you're heading into the playoffs and I think you could probably use just about any edge you can get as you keep going because the great opponents keep coming uh, this week. You close <laughs> out the regular season at home. Holy Family's pretty hot right now. They're coming off a big win over Dasko Cato, 32-7. to D.C. was previously unbeaten going into that game. Uh, what do you expect when the fire come into town on Wednesday?
1: I, you know, it's going to be a battle. Holy Family is impressive. I mean, that, I watched them on tape. Their offensive and defensive line... In my 19 years of being in Nando as a head coach, they have the best offensive and defensive line I've ever seen. They are so physical and so strong, and they're mean. They come off the ball, and they're trying to drive you through the ground, and they tore apart D.C. I mean, D.C. is a great football team. D.C. had no answer for them. They got thrown around the entire game by Holy Family. Um, their quarterback is, is maybe the best athlete, and we have Peyton Foley, and Peyton Foley's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, we think he's the best player in the conference this year. Well, if he's the best player in the conference, um, Jacob that their quarterback, is right on his heels. This kid doesn't throw as well as Peyton, but he can run the football. <laughs> he just makes people miss. He, it's just a scrambling show with him. You have to change your entire defense to try to keep him contained, which nobody's done so far this year. They had a couple of injuries early in the year on the offensive line, and that's when they lost their games. When they've been healthy, they pretty much dominated the team. So. We have a great defense. They have a great offense. Um, we're excited. We're playing for a conference championship. Mm-hmm. You know, our district championship. You come in the last game of the year, and you're playing for a number one seed. That we win, we'll be the number one seed in our section. If we win, we'll be we'll tie DC for the district championship. That's all you ask for. You know, you ask for an opportunity. We have an opportunity in front of us. You know, it's up to us. If we want to take advantage of it. Um, I'm excited. I mean, these things don't come around very often. So when they're there, I think it's exciting for the kids. I know all kids will play hard. I have no qualms about that. Our kids will come out. We'll give our best effort. Hopefully that's good enough. It's going to be a great high school football game. These type of games don't come around all the time. This is going to be a battle. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: And a good tune-up for you heading into the playoffs. As you said, you're you're with the DASA Cucada loss. You're now playing for a share of the the essential district title. Um, Right now, you're still the number one seed QRF rankings in uh, Section 5, 3A. Uh, But no matter, you know, win, lose, or draw on Wednesday, the playoffs kick off a week from Tuesday, uh, you know you'll be one of the top three seeds. As we get into the playoffs, how does does your preparation or the approach to the game change once we get to the playoffs?
1: Well... I don't know if our preparation changes because, I mean, I think we prepare hard every week. You know, I mean, you get to this Wednesday Game, you don't want to be beat up. I mean, you you got to stay healthy. The playoffs, you play so many games in such a short amount of time to start with. You know, we played on Friday. Now we play on Wednesday. Then you play on Tuesday. Then you play on Saturday. You have to get through that semifinal round healthy. Then you get back on your weekly schedule again. But now it's four games in, what, two and a half weeks? Mm -hmm. It's brutal. It's brutal on the kids. The kids are tired. They're beat up. They don't get recovery time. You don't get as much prep time. If somebody has an injury, they don't have time to recover for the next game. So you, we talked about depth at certain areas of position. This is where your depth comes in handy. Everybody's going to get beat up in the playoffs a little bit because mm-hmm. they play so many games it's just a short amount of time. Plus, you are throwing a JV game on, on tomorrow night. And it's just a lot of football for these kids in a short amount of time. Um, it's a lot of changing. I mean, kids get confused on game plans. Like two days ago, we were doing this. Now we're playing a different team and you're totally switching the game plan because they're a throwing team or they're a running team, that's why the bye is so important. You get the bye week, you give them the rest of the NBA off, let the kids recover, get away from football a little bit. You come back on Monday and Tuesday, you don't have a game on Tuesday, so there's nothing to prepare for. So on Monday and Tuesday, you get to kind of take care of yourself. You can work on some things on defense that you struggle with. You can clean up some things on offensive end. And then to me, the big part is when everybody plays on Tuesday, the next day they're recovering. Well, if you didn't play a game, you get to prepare already. You get an extra day of preparation for that big uh, section semifinal game on Saturday. So we're really hoping for the one seed. It makes things a lot easier. If not, you deal with that. Tomorrow's a big day at 10 o'clock when QRF comes out. You know, we could have this locked up if we win or lose. It depends how many points we get for the win against Glencoe and what more and Spectrum get. But like you said, we could drop down to three seed. If we fall in the tiebreaker margin, um, you know, they're both going to be undefeated on the year we could easily drop down to three seed, which doesn't make an impossible task, but it makes a little bit more work going through the playoffs.
0: Now, as you said, you, you can earn the number one seed. You have the first round by. You'd play the low seed uh, in the section semifinal on Saturday, October 27th, the 7 o'clock game. Yep. When will those seeds be finalized? As fans, as everybody's looking out, will it be after the Holy Family game? When, or when should we be looking for those final QRF rankings, and when will we know which seed we're going to earn?
1: Yeah, it'll be sometime on Thursday. Obviously, all the games have to be played because your career up seed depends on everybody else's games, too, and if their teams win or lose. Typically, they try to get it done by Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning, sometimes a little bit later than that. But usually Thursday morning sometime you go to minnesotasports.net and you can um, uh, find out what, what seeds you're going to be. I think it says final up on top, once it says final, you're good to go. So we, we don't know before anybody else does. Once they post it on their website is when we find out, too.
0: Okay. And everybody can keep an eye on the KRWC Facebook page as well. I'll be watching for the bracket updates and then we'll keep everybody posted that way and keep listening for Cardinal cut-ins on the Wright County sports updates and KRWC radio coming later this week. As I said, we'll be interviews with our offensive player of the week, junior place kicker, Lauren Meininger, defensive player of the week, sophomore defensive end, Logan Purcell. And of course on Wednesday, I'll be keeping everybody caught up with in-game action and updates as we cut in during the Buffalo game. Well, coach, Thank you very much again for your time. As always, it's been a great season and good luck on Wednesday against the fire.
1: Hey, thanks, Sherman. I appreciate it.
0: Stay tuned for more Cardinal cut in reports aired during the Wright County Sports Updates on KRWC. Sponsored by Lanto Store, the Homestyle Country Cafe, Truman Welters Power Sports, and David Bird State Farm Insurance.